Well, Merry Christmas to you. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. So grateful that you're here today and just would ask you, what are you searching for this Christmas, my friends? My son Nathan uh, is in a new school this year for the first time, and uh, he doesn't know—he didn't know anyone in the school when he started uh, back in the fall, other than his brother, his older brother Luke, who's obviously in a different grade than him. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's uh, trying to make new friends, all that sort of thing. And one of the ways that we, we help our, encourage our son do that was to play basketball. We got a picture of him uh, in his basketball uniform in his new school. And so uh, we took him to a first basketball practice, and he didn't know anybody on the team. He'd heard about some of the kids that were on his team, but he didn't know anybody. And my normally outgoing, vivacious son uh, kind of got up into his shell, and uh, he was out on the court before the coach came, and some of the boys were there early shooting the ball around, and he was trying to kind of make you know an edge in roads into the group there, trying to begin to make new friends. And you could just see the, you know, the, the trepidation, the, the cautiousness, and just he, he wasn't, you know, his full self. And, you know, as a dad, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, come on, boys, be nice to my son. And, you know, your heart's going out and, and just, you know, wanting him to find that place where he belonged among his peers in this new school. What are you searching for this Christmas, my friends? Well, it is Christmas, and it's a great time to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, who was our Lord and Savior, and what better place to begin than in the Bible, in the Scripture. Uh, there are only two books in the entire Bible that talk about the actual birth of Jesus, and those are both found in the New Testament. We're going to be looking at them today, and they're called Gospels. Gospel means the good news of Jesus. It talks about the birth, the, the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, and and Luke and Matthew each wrote a gospel about uh, the birth of Jesus. Luke was an early believer in the first century. He was a medical doctor, a physician. And Matthew was Jesus's, uh, one of his 12 disciples. And so they each relate different parts of the story. And we're going to spend a lot of time in Luke today, a little bit of time in Matthew. Uh, but let's dive right in into Luke's gospel, New Testament, chapter 2. In those days, first century Israel, Caesar Augustus, the ruler of Rome who ruled most of the world back then, issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register, had to go back to where your family originated from. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee, where he lived in the northern part of Israel, down to Judea in the south, southern part of Israel, to a city named Bethlehem, the town of David, King David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. So that's where David came from. That's where Joseph needed to go and to register. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Another translation said that there was no room in the inn for them. And so here Joseph and Mary are. They're going to be the parents of the Son of God, Jesus, God himself. Uh, they have to travel down by donkey. Mary is very pregnant. She's right at the cusp of having Jesus. And uh, they travel from Nazareth down to the Bethlehem in the south. And they get there. And just like Joseph, a lot of other people came from Bethlehem. And so there's just a big crowd in the city. They're trying to find a place to stay. Uh, and Mary's going to have that baby and, and while she's there. And, and there's no room for them, right? 
The son of God is going to be born. Joseph and Mary, you know, doing everything they possibly can to be the parents of God. And the start is less than desirable. There's no room in the end. So they have to have Jesus in a manger, which ultimately was just a cave. And if you can imagine having a baby, no hospital, you know, nothing sanitary about having birth in a cave, that in itself is a miracle. Uh, And so Jesus immediately comes into the world uh, as a homeless person. Uh, Then later, Jesus is a little bit older. The wise men come to see him. God warns Joseph in a dream that that the local ruler of Israel, that this kind of the puppet ruler from the Romans, is a guy named Herod. And he heard that Jesus has been born, and he thinks that Jesus is supposed to be this new king and might be a threat to his power. And so he puts out a death warrant, a death sentence on Jesus. And so God, through an angel, tells Joseph uh, and Mary to flee to another country, to Egypt, which is south of Israel. And they have to go and live there for a while until uh, Herod dies and it can be safe for them to come back. So already the start for the Son of God, for Jesus, this this young baby, this young child, uh, is that he enters the world as a homeless immigrant. And he stays in Egypt for a while until Herod dies, and then they come back and they move back into Nazareth. And so as we think about that, I just, you know, I can't imagine, like, you know, as a father, as a husband, uh, you know, taking my wife and and my new baby, not having anywhere, any hospital to have the baby, having the baby in a cave, and then having to leave my own country because someone's trying to kill my child, go to another country, I don't speak the language, I don't know anybody, don't have any place to live, I've got to establish myself in my trade as a carpenter, and that, that had to take some time for that to happen, and so, you know, just immediately, things were not not very easy for Jesus, Mary and Joseph, right? The Holy Family. It's not probably what you would think of as a warm, fuzzy Christmas moment. But homelessness was not just confined as a problem 2,000 years ago, halfway around the world. It's a major problem today in our country. It's a major problem in our city of Charlotte. It's a major problem in, in our state of North Carolina. Thousands of people are homeless in our area. And it's just, it, it's heart-wrenching. You know, our heart goes out to Mary and Joseph. Our heart goes out to the people that we see on the streets, especially now that it's, you know, colder. And, you know, I get cold in my house, and I've got heat in my house. And I just can't imagine how people, where do they stay? What do they eat? All that sort of thing. And if you're like me, I mean, we want to do something about that. But, but how do you really help homelessness? I mean, I mean, what do you do? It seems so complex and so complicated, and we're not trained in that. So how can we begin to make a difference for, for real people, men, women, and children in our own city, who don't have anywhere to sleep tonight or when we celebrate Christmas in a couple of days. You know, how do we help people, right? And so the good news today is that we're going to be able to do that through our Christmas Eve offering, as as Kevin mentioned earlier. Every year we give away our Christmas Eve offering uh, as a way of saying happy birthday to Jesus. Because ultimately Christmas is not our birthday, it's Jesus' birthday. So why do we get all the presents? So several years ago we said, well, what can we do about that? Let's take up an offering and let's give it away. uh, And we'll pick two ministries, nonprofits who are doing great things for God. We'll we'll prayerfully think about this and we'll give 100% of our Christmas Eve offering away. And this is our way of saying happy birthday to Jesus. And so we've had people... You know, say, as much as I'm spending on people in my life for Christmas, I'm going to match that and I'm going to give it to Jesus. 
right? We, we've had other people say, the person that I'm spending the most money on for Christmas, I'm going to match that and, and I'm going to spend that money and give it to Jesus. And we've had people all in between that and all around that. But the point is, we want to give back to God. What do you give to God who has everything? We, we help people in God's name. And so this year, we have chosen prayerfully homelessness because it's such a rampant problem in our community and it affects real people. And our Lord and Savior knows what it's like to be homeless. And I'm sure that Jesus' heart goes out to people who are homeless because he's been there and he cares for all of us. And I'm sure that he identifies with that. And so, so I'm excited to share with you that we're going to support two groups that are doing amazing things for homeless ministry in our community and our state. The first is called Supportive Housing Communities. Uh, and what they do is they provide affordable housing for people who live here in Charlotte. Uh, and they have these places all over the city. We've got a picture of one of the residents in her own home uh, that, that she owns. And here's the cool thing. Supportive housing communities has a 97% rate of success that once they get folks in affordable housing, they stay in affordable housing. Uh, because a couple of different things. One, they have case workers who work with them on a one-on-one basis to help them do the things that they need to do uh, to make it in their own home. And the second thing is that they have to put, the resident has to put 30% of their income, whatever that income is, into the home. And so they have skin in the game. They have someone who walks with them. And so 97% of them are off the street for good. And so their goal is to help eradicate homelessness here in the city of Charlotte, and they're doing a great job with that. And so while you and I don't have the expertise or the knowledge or anything to, to you know, combat homelessness on our own, we can feel comfortable in knowing that 100% of our money goes to this group, and they have 15 people identified who are ready for a new home in Charlotte. They're ready to make contributions of their own money. They're ready to get involved, do what they need to do to get off the streets. And so what better Christmas present could we give Jesus than to support this awesome uh, nonprofit that's working here in the city of Charlotte? So the second recipient, we, we take our Christmas Eve offering and we split that right down the middle, is a group called Haywood Street Congregation. It's in Asheville, North Carolina. It's a United Methodist Church. Uh, it's 10-year-old, kind of a new church, church plant. Uh, and their whole mission is to be a church for the homeless in Asheville. And our connection to them is that their founding pastor, their, still their current pastor, Pastor Brian Combs, grew up in our church. And God called him to the ministry. God called him to have a heart for homeless people in Asheville. And so Brian was with us last week. He talked a lot about that. And I'd love to invite you to go on our website and check out what he said because it's powerful what they're doing. But long story short, they, they've become a national model for homeless ministries. Churches and uh, seminaries from all over the U.S. come and they study what Brian's doing. Uh, and it, it's, it's life-changing. Uh, people are treated with dignity. They worship Jesus. They come to know the loving power of Jesus. They participate as worship leaders in in worship services. They will have served over 50,000 plates of food uh, at at, uh, a table with linen tablecloths and silverware and treat people with dignity. They have a a respite, a health respite for people who are homeless, who've been in the hospital. They get out of the hospital. They have nowhere to recover, so they go back into the hospital Right, so Brian in his church has created this medical respite where people come uh, and they heal so they don't have to go back into the hospital. And so they've helped over 200 people do that this year. And so when we give, uh, when we give to God through the Christmas Eve offering, we're going to help wipe out homelessness in our city, one person at a time, and also with Pastor Brian, who came from our church in our state in, in Asheville, up there in North Carolina, and we can make a difference. So brothers and sisters, I just would invite you to think and pray about giving 
big to God through our Christmas Eve offering. I know we're taking up a day early, uh, but we're doing that today. And this is a great way to give back to God and to serve people who are just like Jesus, who have nowhere to lay their head at night. But I want to get back to that first question that I asked you. Friends, what are you searching for this Christmas? I'm not talking about, you know, specifically what's going to be in your stocking tomorrow or, you know, some kind of material good. What, what are you searching for this Christmas? Maybe it's a good word. Maybe it's, it's hope in the world. Maybe that it's, it's joy. Maybe that it would be a lack of strife in some kind of relationship that you're in. Maybe you're struggling with financial issues, or maybe you're mired in debt, and, and, and what you're searching for is a way to get out of that. Maybe some of us here today are battling an addiction, and we really would need some supernatural help or just you know, somewhere to help us beat this addiction. Some of us might be searching for a place to belong. Right, a place to, to find where people know our name and care about us. Some of us might be searching for physical healing, maybe for ourselves or, or maybe for someone that we love. What is it that you're searching for this Christmas? And maybe for some of us, it's, it's not to look at our life as just getting through, right? I just got to get through to Friday and then I can relax on the weekend, right? Life's not supposed to be getting through. It's supposed to be an awesome experience every day. So maybe we're searching for life to the full that, you know, Kevin mentioned earlier that Jesus mentioned rather than just kind of drudging through our lives to find a, a meaningful way to exist. Maybe we're looking for a purpose this Christmas. What? Are you searching for this Christmas? So with our son, Nathan, uh, I was, you know, Lord, I'd prayed about him finding new friends at school and connecting and, you know, with a basketball team and all that. And it didn't take long before he was, you know, welcome to the family of his basketball team. Now we go to the, the gym and all the kids know his name and he's one of the crowd and the coach is great and he has great new friends in his new school. And, you know, that, that was a prayer that was answered for us. Our son found a place to belong and people who care about him and are glad to see him there. And Nathan and Laura and Luke, one of our favorite uh, Christmas traditions is to watch the movie Home Alone. Uh, maybe you've seen it. It's, uh, it's a comedy about this little boy named Kevin uh, who gets left at home in Chicago while his family has flown to Paris for Christmas. And, you know, they're just horrified once they realize that they left him behind. And in the meantime, on his street, there are these house burglars who are going through and stealing people's stuff because they're all out of town. And, and they've begun to set their sights on Kevin's home. And he sees this and he's gotten really scared. And so a lot of the movies, how he combats these, these guys who are trying to rob his house. And so uh, here's a moment I want you to see in which he, he decides that he's not going to be afraid anymore and he's going to stand up. Uh, and let's see what happens. So it's a really cute and very funny movie. And Kevin was all super brave until he ran into this creepy old guy named Old Man Marley. And old man Marley lives next door to Kevin, and he doesn't really know Mr. Marley at all. Great name, by the way, right out of Charles Dickens. And uh, Kevin's older brother has told Kevin that old man Marley is a serial killer and that he keeps his victim in this uh, trash can full of rock salt that he has this shovel and he places all that out around. So anyway, Kevin's scared to death. And so throughout the movie, he has all these you know, fr uh, encounters with old man Marley that leave him scared to death. And you think, old man Marley, there's something really wrong with this guy. And so 
But near the end of the movie, uh, Kevin has gone to his church, his local church. He's kind of wandered in there. He's feeling really sad that he's by himself at Christmas, that his family's away in Paris, and they evidently haven't missed him because he doesn't know that they're trying to come back and, and be with him. Uh, and Kevin has another encounter with, with Mr. Marley, Old Man Marley. But this one's a little bit different, and we begin to hear some of Old Man Marley's background. So check this out. So we see behind Old Man Marley some real pain, the pain of a broken relationship with his son that he hasn't spoken to for years, and that's really weighing heavily upon him, and he's scared. He's scared to reach out because he might be rejected. And so what Old Man Marley's searching for is a restored relationship. What are you searching for this Christmas, my friends? As we think back into the Christmas story, after Jesus has been born and uh, the angels go out and they appear to some shepherds that are out in the fields and they give Jesus the good news and the shepherds want to go and, and see Jesus. And so we pick up the story again, this time in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, uh, beginning with verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And they hurried off and they found Joseph and Mary, the baby who was lying in the manger. I think some of the good news of Christmas, brothers and sisters, is that this Christmas, Jesus is waiting to be found by you and by me. Jesus is waiting to be found by us this Christmas, just as he was on that very first Christmas. And as we think about what we're searching for, Jesus, according to the Bible, is the ultimate answer. Now, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that if, you know, if we find Jesus and we invite him into our lives to be a part of, our, of what we do to, to be our Lord and Savior, that, that all of our problems are going to be solved and we're going to live a perfect life. And that'd be great if I could tell you that, but it's not true. We're still going to have problems. We're still going to have struggles. But the, the difference is when we find Jesus, when we face problems, you know, sometimes he, he makes them go away miraculously. and It's, it's amazing. And, and sometimes he doesn't. And I think when those problems remain, that we can take comfort in knowing that we don't face them alone anymore, that we have Jesus with us. We have God with us to do that. And, and no matter what problems we face, no matter what we're searching for, that Jesus is with us and he's going to bring good back into our lives, even when it seems that there's no way possible, that the darkness is, is overshadowing us. And so Jesus, this Christmas, is waiting to be found. I want to continue exploring that a little bit by going back into uh, a little bit further back in Mary's story, the mother of Jesus, as uh, she is just finding out from the angel Gabriel that God wants her to be the mother of Jesus, the mother of God's son. And so uh, she's engaged to Joseph. They're not officially married yet. Her cousin Elizabeth uh, has gotten pregnant, and she's going to have a little boy named John. And, and so all this is kind of going on. So let's pick up the story right where Mary's finding out that God's asking her to be the mother of Jesus. So back to Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that's Mary's cousin, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. 
Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, I think it would be great if an angel came to me and said, Kyle, you have found favor with God. Because that sounds pretty enticing. That sounds pretty powerful. That sounds like there's I'm something pretty special about me. You know, why couldn't we all be like Mary and find favor with God? As we search for things in our lives, as we search for things this Christmas, wouldn't it be amazing if what we found was the favor of God? Now, the good news of the story today is that we are just like Mary. And that Jesus has come for us. And, and not only does Mary find favor with God, you and I find favor with God. All of us find favor with God this Christmas. Right? The word favor, the original Greek word, the New Testament's written in Greek. The, the word that's Greek behind the English word favor is the same word that we use in English called grace. And grace is that gift that God gives to us. It's, it's unmerited favor. God does something for us that we don't deserve. We find favor with God through Jesus. Let's continue this time jumping into Matthew's gospel, chapter 1. This is Joseph's side of the story, and he's finding out that he's called to be the father of Jesus. After Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus literally means God saves. Brothers and sisters, we receive the favor of God on this Christmas Sunday because Jesus has been sent into the world to save us. Now, you and I, the Bible says, are created in God's image, which means that there is a lot of goodness inside of us. We are capable of loving people and making a difference and having a purpose and, and making the world a better place. We can do amazing things, and, and God has goodness inside of us. It's in our DNA. But God also created us with the freedom to choose how we're going to respond to that. And sometimes we choose well, and we do amazing things, and, and we help people, and, and we, we make the world a better place, and, and we feel good about ourselves. But sometimes we choose not to do what God would have us to do. And so that breaks relationships. It breaks relationships between us and God. It breaks relationships between us and other people. And some of the results of that are that we know what it's like to feel guilty and to feel ashamed of things. And because of that, we're, we're going we're, we're gonna to one day, we're going to die. And we're going to spend eternity apart from God and apart from the people that we love. That, that's the biblical definition of hell is separation because we've made wrong choices, right? And so, so God sees that. He said, that's, that's not why I created people. That's not why I created the universe. That's not why I created earth. That's not why I created men and women. I, I want people to live life to the full while they're on the earth. I want them to live forever in my kingdom. I, I want people to have joy and peace and to have meaning and a purpose. And I don't want them carrying around guilt and shame all the time. I want to take that away from them. And I want to give them joy and peace and, and a purpose to make a difference in the world. And so that's why God sent Jesus. That's why God gives us his favor, his unmerited favor. We don't deserve it, but he gives it to us anyway because he loves us and he created us for, for better. And so he sent Jesus into the world as this baby. He grows up to be this man who teaches and does miracles and, and he dies on a cross. And when he dies on the cross, he takes all of our brokenness, all of that junk that I've just been talking about, and he defeats it when he comes back to life. And so Jesus gives us a gateway back to God. 
He gives us a way to be forgiven. He gives us a way to live life to the full, to replace guilt and shame with joy and peace, to live life now to the full and forever in the kingdom of heaven. He gives us an opportunity to to repair relationships with each other and to find forgiveness and to find peace and to find a way forward together. So God has given us favor through Jesus. So as we think about this, right, so what? So what does this mean? What's the big deal? What's the point? So what does this mean to me in my life? How does that affect me? Right, I think the so what moment in the scripture today is this, is that Jesus is searching for us this Christmas, right? Jesus is searching for us. Jesus is searching for me. Jesus is searching for you, right? We came in. We're searching for things as well. But Jesus didn't come just to be found. He came to find us. He came to find you. And he came to find me, right? And so in this Home Alone movie, at the end, right, it's just this funny movie. Kevin fights off all the bad guys who are trying to break into his house. His family comes back from Paris. They rush back as fast as they can, and, and they're there, and they hug, and they kiss, and they catch up, and it's just this warm, meaningful moment. But then Kevin notices something's happening right across uh, the way, right next door, and, and he sees something special that's unfolding that I want us to look at right now. Check this out. So old man Marley got the courage up. He called his son and they repaired their relationship. What he'd been searching for Christmas after Christmas after Christmas finally came true, and he welcomed his family home. Brothers and sisters, what are you searching for this Christmas? Maybe you are called by God today to make a phone call to someone in your life that you are at odds with. What are you searching for this Christmas? But I would also invite you to look at this scene in a different way. Maybe we look at it as a scene that this is our heavenly father and it's us. And maybe things just aren't right between us and God and and, and we want them to be or or we're feeling a pull for them to be. And and this Christmas, we can find God's favor in knowing that God stands ready to welcome us home. Right, and I think about that and I think sometimes we're we're not in this right relationship with God because it's kind of like we've been hiding from God. He's searching for us, but we've been hiding and you know, I think there's, there's one of three ways that this can play out, at least my understanding from playing hide-and-seek with my own children. The first is that, you know, when we play hide-and-seek, some of my, my kids, they go off and they hide, and they don't want to be found. And, and they do everything in their power not to be found, even if it's an hour or two later, right? They're determined not to be found. I think sometimes with God, we just don't want to be found for whatever reason. But then sometimes I'm playing with my kids and, and, and they've been hiding and they've done such a good job, but, but they're tired of hiding and they're ready to come out and they're ready to see me again. And so they begin to bang around and make some noise so that I can find them. Like, hey, dad, there you are, right? And, and they're just tired of hiding. And then sometimes they run off and they don't really want to hide at all. They just, they want to, they want to be found as, as fast as possible. And so they go and they make noises and they're giggling. And I come around the corner and like, hey, dad, you got us, you found us. And they come up and give me a great big hug. And they just, they don't want to hide. They just, they don't want to hide. And I just, I'm wondering if some of us today, we've been hiding from God and we're just tired of hiding and we're ready to walk out and just surrender and say, God, I, I just can't do it anymore. I, 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 need to, I need to give you a chance. And maybe some of us have been hiding from God and, and we just, we're oozing with excitement. We're ready to be found by God and we want to run out and just embrace God and say, here I am, God, you got me. Here I am. Come and be a part of my life. I think that's something that, that stands right in front of us, brothers and sisters. Jesus is searching for you. 
Jesus is searching for me. Jesus is searching for us this Christmas. Are you ready to be found? So on that first Christmas, as the, as the shepherds came to see Jesus, as the angels were flying around, as, as the wise men eventually get there later, right? You know, that, that was a holy moment. It was a holy night. And I just want to encourage you to think of our time together right now. I know we're not in Bethlehem. We're in a movie theater in South Park. But that this is a holy moment. That this is a grace-filled, favor-filled moment. That Jesus is here in front of us. And I, I would invite you to think and pray about how you feel led to respond. Maybe it is you go home from here and you call up someone that, that you're in a troubled relationship with and, and you try your best to make it right. Maybe you're moved by the homeless folks that are in our community and you want to do something about that. And maybe the response today is to dig deep and to give, give, give big to God through this, this Christmas Eve offering and say, Happy birthday, Jesus. Maybe we're here today and we're looking for a place to belong and, and we're tired of going it on our own. And so we're going to come to the Christmas Eve service tomorrow night and we might come back next Sunday and see what that service is like. We might come and, and try out a small group and see if there's a place that, that we can belong here. Or maybe, brothers and sisters, it's time for us to stop hiding from God. We've, we've done a really good job of it and, and we've, we've been able to keep our distance from God. But it just it, it's time to give up and we're tired of it. We're tired of the guilt, we're tired of the shame, we're tired of the baggage, we're tired of not having a purpose, we're we're tired of drudging through life. I just can't wait to get through this week. We want to live life to the full every day. So maybe today is the day that you come out and say, God, you got me. Here I am, I am found. Come and be in my life. Brothers and sisters, what are you searching for this Christmas? Know that Jesus Christ is searching for you. He's searching for me. He's searching for us. Are we willing to be found? I encourage you to think and pray and just remain seated as our praise man comes to lead us. Are we ready to be found by God today?